0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. If you're not standing, if you will stand with us, please, as we honor the reading of God's Word. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple of the, at the hour of prayer. The ninth hour, which was about 3 p.m., and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. I want you to get this picture the lame, the broken. 40 years old the Bible says in chapter 4 verse 22 this man was above 40 years old but he was laid at the gate beautiful lame at the entering in of the temple and as far as we know he had been there Daily, or probably the most part of his life, lame, laying at the gate, at the entering in of the temple, laying at the entrance of the place that was meant by God. To bring healing, hope, life, restoration. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them. Walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and and praising God walking and leaping and praising God walking and leaping and praising God that right there shatters some of our traditions because church is supposed to be a place of quietness and all of that hallelujah father thank you for your word thank you that it's living and powerful thank you that it will go forth under the anointing and under the power of your spirit thank you that it will find its mark thank you that lives will be changed because of your word in Jesus name amen amen, amen. amen. thank you so much for standing I want to I want to preach for just a few moments this morning uh, just to just to make you feel better, it's nine minutes before 12. So just wanted to let you know that. But I want to talk to you this morning on a subject that I believe, outside of your salvation experience, I believe that this subject is, is, is the greatest, most important revelation that you will ever receive in your walk with God. I believe that without it, you're going to have a troubled walk and a troubled life. But I believe today that if you understand, and we're going to be on this for a while, I don't know how long, because there's no way. I mean, you didn't give me but nine minutes, now eight minutes till 12, so I'm going to just have to steal probably 30 minutes. So, amen. So, But I want to talk to you on the subject, the anointing makes the difference. The anointing makes the difference. And I want to preface that with this. It is not about your Baptist faith, your Methodist faith, your Pentecostal upbringing, your charismatic upbringing. It's not how high you jump. It's not how fast you run. It's not how much you speak in tongues. It's not how many gifts flow out of your life. It's none of that, but the anointing on a person's life makes the difference. And everything that I just mentioned can possibly and very probably be connected with that anointing because we are emotional people. When we're touched, our emotions are touched. When God moves on us, he doesn't make you a brick wall that you just stand there in a stoic manner and dormant manner. Listen, when the hand of God touches a person's life, you will be moved. You say, well, pastor, I've never moved. You haven't been touched right yet. Listen, this miracle in Acts chapter 3 is very significant for us because it is, it is the first miracle that was performed after the, the outpouring of the Spirit. When the, disciples, or the apostles came out of the upper room, this is the first situation that they met up with. It's very, very significant. I believe... That we talk about Acts 2 and we talk about what an awesome day that was and what a glorious time that was. But, and we could talk about the glories of it and, and how good it was and it was. But listen, if we don't walk it out and carry it out, if it doesn't transfer from the pages of this book into the, into the annuals of our heart, then it will do us no good. And I want to tell you again, the anointing makes the difference. Listen, in Acts chapter 1, we see where Jesus commanded his disciples to go to Jerusalem and tarry there until they were endued on high, uh, with power from on high. And in Acts chapter 1, we see the disciples going there. Jesus said, Go there and stay there until you're clothed with power from on high. And in Acts chapter 1, we see that story as it's played out as they go into Jerusalem and they go into the upper room and they stay there. Acts chapter 2 gives us details of of the results of them walking by faith and stepping out and believing the words of Jesus and just staying there until something happened. Oh, my goodness. They walked into this upper room and and they stayed there until uh, Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the story of where the Holy Ghost uh, came as a sound of a mighty rushing wind. And and the Bible says that it filled the house where they were sitting. It says that cloven tongues set upon them and, and they began to speak in tongues that they had never heard of before. What a glorious time that was that we could see. So, Acts chapter 1 was a time of waiting, and Acts chapter 2 was a time of receiving. But, Acts chapter 3, we see that after they've waited and they received from God, now they're going out and they're giving what they received away. I want to say it again the anointing makes the difference. The 120 walked into the upper room unsure about the future not knowing what the future was going to hold for them and, and worried about what tomorrow was going to bring and, and they walked in the upper room uh, Peter and James and John and all of them wasn't really sure and wasn't really confident in what was going on because Jesus wasn't with them anymore uh, the person of Christ uh, the blood, the skin the color, the hair color and the voice of Jesus wasn't with them in the mo- anymore so They walked in the upper room really not sure about what they were going to do, how they were going to do it, and who they were going to do it with. But listen, when they walked out of the upper room, something had happened, and they walked out knowing this is what I'm supposed to do. This is who I am, and this is the anointing that's on my life. Listen, it doesn't take a theologian and it doesn't take a doctrinal degree to recognize when they walked in they were one way and when they walked out they were another way. It's not about the Pentecostal movement. And it's not about the charismatic movement. It's about the church. The the Pentecostal movement wasn't born on the day of Pentecost. The Baptist church wasn't born on the day of Pentecost. The Methodist church wasn't born on the day of Pentecost. But the church was born on the day of Pentecost. And the day of Pentecost empowered the church to be a light. And to be a sword that would pierce the darkness. Look at Leroy standing beside you and say, Leroy, it could get long in here today. Listen, there is a difference. There is a difference between the anointing, and the unanointed. What am I talking about when I talk about the anointing? I'm talking about the empowerment, the endowment of God's spirit on a person's life. And you say, well, pastor, that is only for preachers and people like you and things like that. No, it is not. That's where the devil has lied to you and if you believe that, you have believed a lie because the anointing is for whosoever will come and believe and receive and say, Father, I can't do this on my own i've got to have a greater power the anointing is that special empowerment that god gives to individuals to accomplish let me say it like this jesus before he ever began his earthly ministry The Bible says that he walked out in the wilderness and walked down to a river called Jordan where a man named John was baptizing in the river Jordan. And Jesus walked up. uh, uh, Nobody knew him. Nobody understood who he was. He had not even began his ministry, but he walked up. The Bible says by a revelation of the Spirit that John the Baptist looked up and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the Bible says that Jesus walked down into the river Jordan and looked at John and said, I want you to baptize me. And John said, I'm not worthy to even bend down and loosen your shoelace. But Jesus said, suffer it to be so now. And so the Bible says that John baptized Jesus in the river Jordan. Jesus came up out of the water, and the Bible says this, and you can read it in Matthew chapter 3. But the Bible says this, that when Jesus came up out of the water, that there was a voice that spoke from heaven and said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Bible says also that a dove descended out of heaven and and sat upon him, which was a picture of the Holy Spirit that was coming from heaven and setting and resting upon the Son of God. Listen to me. That is a picture, ladies and gentlemen, of the Holy Spirit coming into his life and it's a picture to us as a rebirth experience. Jesus was exemplified to us about the birth, the new birth experience that when Holy Spirit comes in us, that is what gives us the rebirth. That's how we're born again. If Holy Spirit doesn't come and and do the rebirth in your life, then you're not born again. You say, but what about the blood of Jesus? Jesus died so that we could have forgiveness of sins. Holy Spirit is that that empowers and makes it real to us. Follow me for just a minute. So that was a picture of the rebirth, the salvation experience. Jesus moved from there. And the Bible says that that when Jesus moved from there, that he went in Luke chapter 4 and he got up and began to read out of the book, uh, the scroll and he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and, and so forth and so on so in that we see where Jesus left the river Jordan when the Holy Spirit came upon him and he walked and, and, he, and he walked up into the temple and he stood there and he said the spirit, the same spirit that came on me in the river Jordan is upon me now and he is now empowering me to do what the Father are you understand what I'm saying without Holy Spirit moving in your life you will never know the rebirth experience experience He is the one that comes at the bidding of the Father and makes known to us what Jesus has already done. If he wasn't in your life, you would not have the revelation that Jesus died for you on the cross of Calvary. Do you understand? I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. If it wasn't for Holy Spirit... Moving in your life, coming into your life, and breathing. Boy, I like what those kids were talking about when, when they were talking about, I breathe out every mess and all the mess in my life, and I breathe in the Word of God, the living power of God. We talked about several weeks ago that, 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 that do, the doctrine or the medical term for breathing in is inspiration. Inspiration. So Holy Spirit makes real what Jesus did his His virgin birth, His death, His resurrection. Holy Spirit brings that alive and gives me revelation. That's how I know that I'm born again. It's how I know that I'm a child of God. It's how I know that my sins have been forgiven. Because Holy Spirit gets in my life and begins to bear witness with the Father. But then Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord, Luke chapter 4, he said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me to preach. In other words, what Jesus was saying was that that Holy Spirit is now upon my life and he is anointing me to do what the Father sent me to do. That's the anointing that I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Is You've got to have Holy Spirit inside of you But you need the anointing upon you in order to go out and deal with the works of the enemy that you're going to face on a daily basis. Listen, Mom and Dad, you need the anointing on your life because the devil is trying to destroy your children and lie to them and deceive them and get them to thinking that there's something that they've not been created for. But if you've got the anointing on your life, you can step up in your list. Room and say, listen, I want to tell you something, devil. These children belong to me, and, and, and I'm going to walk in the authority and the power of God, and I will not let my children be lost. You see, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage, and I'm getting ahead of myself. The, the anointing makes the difference, guys, it is the empowerment. Everybody say the empowerment. It is the empowerment of Holy Spirit on my life that empowers me and enables me to deal with the junk that the devil throws my way. You, you might be wondering, well, I, I, I couldn't figure out, Pastor, why I could quote scriptures, but, but just quoting scriptures is not enough. Can I tell you something, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm probably going to make some of you mad. Don't stand there and quote scriptures and expect the devil to listen to you if you refuse to accept the working of Holy Spirit. It ain't about your denomination, it's not about your doctrine. Listen, there is a difference in a shallow stream and an overflowing river. Both contain water. I'm just going to read you what I wrote down yesterday. Both contain water, but the shallow stream is just a feeble current following a path of least resistance. So many people in the body of Christ have had an experience with God, but you've never had an encounter with the working of Holy Spirit. And so the result of that is just a stream of water that's flowing in your life. And that is the reason that so many times we bounce around and we go around because we're just following the path of least resistance. That's what a shallow stream of water does. It just follows the path that is easiest for it to flow. But when you look at an overflowing river, there's a difference there in that overflowing river because the overflow river has broken out of the path of least resistance it might have started there but now it's a raging stream a raging torrent of water and now that that did hold it in will no longer hold it in that that used to direct its course will no longer direct the course because the stream of water the power of the water has dictated that banks cannot hold it that it is dictated that nothing can stop a raging torrent of water. Mm. You see, the overflowing river has broken out of the path of least resistance and now it is creating its own avenues of current and flow. That's what God wants to do in mine, in your life. He wants to get us away from this Bottle fed, diaper changing Christianity. Because the time, listen to me, the time dictates that we have got, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you look around our world and you see what's going on in our world, our world is in a mess. Our nation is in a mess. Families are in a mess. We have revival going on here. But if you get outside of here and visit around a little bit, you'll find out that there are churches that would... That are begging to have just a tidbit of what you experience on any given service time. There are preachers that I know today that would give anything to have just a tidbit of what we're experiencing in this place on any given Sunday. There are churches, ladies and gentlemen, whose baptistries are filled up with junk because they've not been used for years and years. Ours is about wore out because it's been used So many times. Come on, you listen. It ain't because you got a good preacher, and it ain't because you got a good worship team. It ain't because we got some good people here, but it's because people have bowed themselves before God and begin to pray and begin to seek Him and say, God, we need revival. Listen, the boiling point of water is 212 degrees if you're in the south. If you're up on top of a mountain, it might be a little bit different. But in the south, the boiling point of water is 212 degrees. Meaning that when water reaches that 212 degree mark, it begins to bubble up. Before, listen to me, before it reaches 212 degrees, it can be a hot pot of water, or it can be a cold pot of water, but it is worthless to people who need steam. Every time you ride over the big bridges on I-65, you can look off to your right, and you can see some red and white uh, smokestacks that is Barry Steam Plant. That is a place where they produce electricity. You know how they do that? They draw water out of the Mobile River and it goes into a a tank where they heat it up with a superheated heat and they get it up to the boiling point. And when the water that they brought out of the river reaches that boiling point, it begins to create a steam. And that steam is transferred out of that into a a a mechanical machine that produces electricity. But without the steam, there would be no electricity. And without the water getting to the place of 212 degrees, there would be no steam. Listen, can I tell you something? There's a lot of people that God is saying, I want to increase the temperature in the water of life that is flowing through you. And I want to raise you up to become something that will make a difference in our world. I know it's getting late. but there's a stopping place and I'm not there yet. Okay, so if you, if you need to leave, please do so quietly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with. The word profit describes the difference between just receiving the Spirit and being filled with Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. But the manifestation—what is manifestation? It is the, the revealing of Holy Spirit. It is the working of the Spirit that creates things that we can see. We don't serve a dead God, ladies and gentlemen. We don't serve an impotent God. God doesn't pop a Prozac when things go wrong in your life. We serve a mighty, powerful God, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with. Hunter, the manifestation of Holy Spirit on your life is given to you to profit with. Patrick The manifestation of Holy Spirit is given to you to profit with. Sister uh, 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 Deborah, the Holy Spirit is given to you to profit with. Listen, uh, Sister Natalie, I'm going to just go ahead. The working of Holy Spirit is given to you so that you can profit with it. Sister Sheila, the Holy Spirit is given to you so that you can profit with it. Are you understanding what I'm I'm saying? That word profit is a key word in that passage of scripture. Because if you're not profiting by what's being given to you, then it lets me know That there's a breakdown somewhere in the mechanics of it. See, God has given us Holy Spirit, the anointing, so that we can profit with that. When we're not profiting with the manifestation of the Spirit, then we can still walk and just be saved. And all of your life around you can be falling apart. But you got fire insurance. All my children might be messed up. All my family might be messed up, but... I'm all right. Listen... There comes a time, mom and dad, in your life where looking at your children and saying, you need to go to church doesn't cut the mustard. There comes a time in your life where you can cry and beg and weep and all of that and say, will you please go to church? And they're going to look at you and say, we will one day. There comes a time in your life where you need to understand that Holy Spirit has been given to you so that you can profit as a mom or a dad. And what I'm saying is this, that when you tell them you need to go to church and they let you off, listen, step over into the anointing and begin to walk and profit with what God has given you. Because I want to tell you something. And I say this because I've been there, done that. I want to tell you something. That mama and daddy can tell you how you need to live. They can guide you. They can love you. They can teach you. My mom and dad, listen, I got to the place when me and Judy first got married. I wanted to go to mama's house because I wanted some food. But I knew if I went to mama's house to get food, she was going to set it on the table and she was going to tell me that I needed to get my backside in church. So I finally quit going for the food because I didn't want to hear about church. And I thought that if I would stay away from from mom and daddy's house I wouldn't hear it but can I tell you something this morning when the anointing see see what the anointing will do in your life is it will surpass your ability to word things The anointing will go past your ability to verbiage something, to verbalize something. And the anointing will get up in your bedroom about midnight. The anointing will get up in your bathroom when you wake up in the morning. The anointing will get in your car when you're driving down the road by yourself and nobody's around you. The anointing will get up in your business when you don't want him to be there. Why? Because somebody that is anointed can And release that anointing on your life. Mm. That's what happened to me. The anointing got up in my business. And he's been there ever since. Listen. When you don't profit from the manifestation of the Spirit... You fail to experience the supernatural of God. Listen, salvation is an act. Let me say that again. Salvation is an act, but the profiting is a habit that comes after the salvation. God gives the salvation freely. You ask, you repent, he gives it. Holy Spirit then must become a habit in your life of where you wake up in the morning and you say, Holy Spirit, I need fellowship with you today. I need, I need you to guide me today. Holy Spirit, I need you to give me wisdom and revelation today. And I, and I'm, 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 I see the airport right down there. I'm going to land in a minute. But listen, Holy Spirit must be a habit in your life. We were talking the other day and somebody said, Well, I don't know how to pray, Pastor. Do I pray to the Holy Spirit or do I pray to Jesus? Listen, the Bible says pray in Jesus' name. Jesus said to his disciples, when you pray, pray like this. My Father, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And I was just throwing that in. So I'm going to say this, and and we're going to land this plane. You need the anointing because the anointing makes the difference in your life. Listen, God could choose anybody, but he chose you. There are people that you will be beside next week or or this month that you will rub shoulders with, that they are just like you. They They are no different from you, but what sets you apart from them is something that is unseen. It is the anointing on your life. Listen, in Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27, Isaiah prophesied this and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. What Isaiah was talking about was that the yoke of the Assyrians had had been so hard on the children of Israel they were in bondage they were being beaten and ridiculed and all of that and their their crops were being ravaged by the Assyrians and God spoke to Isaiah and said Isaiah prophesy this son I want you to tell them that there's coming a day that that it's going to come to pass that the burden is going to be taken away from off their shoulder and the yoke from off thy neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. If you look at that word anointing, it means fatness. In other words, what God was saying is what I'm about to do in your life because right now you're anemic, right now you're poor and you're skin and bones and you've got a yoke on your neck that you can't shake off. He said, but Isaiah, I want you to prophesy that there's coming a day when the yoke won't be able to fit the neck of my people because that word anointing means fatness and God said, I'm going to fatten them up I'm going to raise them up and I'm going to do a work in their life and the, uh, the yoke that has been on their neck will not fit them anymore because of that fatness hmm. let me give you, give you one more and we're going to close I promise David and Goliath what are we talking about The anointing makes the difference. This is an Old Testament example of what God wants us to be spiritually in 2023. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see this story of Goliath, uh, David and Goliath. Uh, and when we we're first introduced to this man, this giant called Goliath, in verses one through ten, uh, it's it's a description of the size of this giant and his weapons. It very it gives very detailed information of how big this giant is, and very detailed information about all the weaponry that he's brought to the battlefield that day. The reason that that's in the book, I believe, is this: that that God wants us to see how the devil will intimidate us if we're not anointed he wanted us to know this is how big the giant was and this is all the weapons that he had aligned against the children of god and this is who he was but listen the bible says that the army of saul and saul were afraid they were intimidated by the size and the scope of this giant Some of y'all here this morning, you're intimidated by the size and scope of the problem that you're dealing with. And the devil has beat you up, and you can't sleep at night. You have no rest. You have no peace of mind. As a matter of fact, you've been thinking about going to the doctor to get you something to help you sleep with. Because you've been so messed up and tore up by what's going on in your life. Listen, I don't care if you don't like what I'm preaching I'm not doing it to make you mad, I want, but I'm doing it. Listen, I'm doing it as a father looking at children that I want to see you overcome. I don't want to see you fall prey to the works of the enemy. And if I have to make you mad to get your head in the book to find out that I'm telling you the truth, then that's what we'll do because I love you and I care enough about you that I don't want to see your children fall prey to the works of the enemy. Listen, the Bible says that that Saul and the army were all shrunk back in fear. But a little boy in a a two-wheel cart and a donkey was driving that way. And I could say more on that, but we're going to move on. <laughs> can I tell you something about David? Oh, yeah. David didn't come to the battlefield that day and become anointed. I'll say that again. David didn't come to the battlefield that day and become anointed. David was anointed when he walked on the battlefield. As a matter of fact, David was anointed before he ever got to the battlefield. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13. Remember, this is an Old Testament example I believe of what God wants us to become in the New Testament in 2023. Then Samuel, the prophet, took the horn of oil and anointed him, David, in the midst of his brethren. And the, listen, and the spirit, everybody say spirit. The spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. The anointing will make a difference in your life. I like saying that. The anointing will make a difference in your life. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. What that is telling me, ladies and gentlemen, is this. That up until that point, David was just a young boy, just like anybody else's young boy. But when the anointing oil was poured on his head from that day forward, the spirit of the Lord began to move in David's life. Now listen to this. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Just want just to stick this little, just this little bit of information in there. You don't play with God's anointing. Your relationship with God is a serious, serious, serious matter. What Saul didn't recognize was that his self-righteousness, his spirit of control, his desire to be in the limelight all the time was going to destroy him. Saul lost the anointing. David gained the anointing. You go back to the battlefield in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and you see the one that had lost the anointing, was fearful and worried about what's going to happen. Listen, if he wasn't scared, why in the world do you think that he would let a little young strapling of a boy suit up in armor and go out and face a professional soldier of the Philistines because he was looking out for his own neck and he wasn't worried about about somebody else. But you see that picture there that he didn't have the anointing because if he had had the anointing, he would have had the revelation that the God who was on his side would fight the battle for him. I'm closing. But you see this picture there and it's a beautiful comparison of where David, the anointed anointed one, walked out on the battlefield and was different. Listen, when you're anointed, you will see what others fail to see. When you're anointed, you will hear what others have failed to hear. When you are anointed, you will be compelled to act when others have shrunk back in fear. When you're anointed you won't need someone else's armor because you got out of bed this morning with yours on already. Man I wish we had about another 30 minutes. Listen when you're anointed you won't need somebody to give you a weapon to fight with. Because your weapon goes with you wherever you go. When you're anointed, you won't need to worry about what ammo you're going to use because the ammo that you need was there before you were ever thought in your mom and daddy's mind God had already set those stones in the middle of that little stream of water and said nobody mess with these stones because there's going to be a young man that's going to walk down here one of these days and he's going to be facing the battle of his life and I want these five stones laying right here that when he walks down and looks down they're the first thing that he's going to see so don't mess with them, and for thousands of years, nobody had moved those five stones. Because when you're anointed, God will set it out for you, you won't have to worry about it, you won't have to stress out about it. But the anointing will carry you into the battle, and the anointing will carry you off the battlefield just like you walked on it. Oh, my goodness! Mm-mm-mm. Come on, come on, and, and get up, just get up. <coughs> Hallelujah. Can we get some musicians up here if you can, please? So Listen, would, would you lift up your hands? You say, Pastor, how, how, how do I get in the anointing? I don't don't understand, Pastor, how do I step into that anointing? Listen, the same faith that brought salvation to your life is the same faith that you need to realize who you are. Listen, Holy Spirit is there. The manifestation of God's Spirit is working in your life. You've just, you just need to begin to walk in what God is doing. You say, and listen, I'm going to be a little bit facetious, but you say, Pastor, if I get in the anointing, am I going to act like Patrick does? <laughs> Pastor, if I get in the anointing, am I going to act like you do? Pastor, if I get in the anointing, am I going to walk around like Justin does? Hear me, hear me. We don't need another Patrick. You don't need another Cornelius. Judy said, yes, Jesus. You just need to be you right by yourself. Remember when Saul tried to put his armor on David? What Saul was doing was saying, David, You need to fight this battle like I fight my battles. That's kind of weird, isn't it? See, when you're who you're supposed to be and who God created you to be, nobody else's armor will fit in your life. I remember when I first started in ministry. That was when T.D. Jakes was very popular. Get ready, get ready, get ready and I'd get in front of the mirror and I'd say get ready, get ready, get ready I tried to walk in his anointing but it was disastrous because you can't walk in my anointing you can't walk in your neighbor's anointing you can't walk in daddy's anointing you've got to have the anointing for yourself. And when you get the anointing for yourself, you will recognize man, these battles that I've been fighting, these enemies that have been beating me up if I had only known. So here's what I, I want to do. I just want you guys to play just begin to play i don't want to i don't want a dead song or anything like that i want i want something that's got some life into it because i believe holy spirit is about to move in this place we're not even going to give an invitation i'm not going to invite you to the altar but i am going to ask you that right where you're standing this morning that you will say this prayer father you know all the battles that i'm fighting you know all the enemies that that i'm dealing with Lord, help me this morning. I need your anointing. I need the empowerment of your spirit on my life. I want to be victorious. I want to walk in the victory. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, come on, guys. Lift it on up. Come on, get on that drum. Come on. Give me some runs. God, I've got to have that anointing. God, I've got to have the anointing. Listen, some of you are afraid of the anointing because you're afraid that you're going to have to change some things in your life. Can I ask you this question this morning? And I'm being very serious. If I have to shift some things or if I have to take some things out of my life, to make room for the anointing what price is that for me to pay in order to see my children living lives free and unbound by the things of this world I'm going to go ahead and just wait on out If it takes me getting that six pack of beer out of my refrigerator and throwing it in the garbage for the anointing to move in my life, then you better look out if you're in the back of my house because there's a six pack of beer fixing to begin to fly out the back door. Because I want my children to walk in freedom and liberty And I want them to know if they don't know anything else about their daddy, I want them to know that daddy was not afraid to lay hands on them. He was not afraid to walk in front of them and begin to speak in an unknown language and declare that they would live and not die, to declare over their lives that they would walk in the authority of God and not be subject to the things of this world. I'll just go ahead and meddle in your business so we're living in a culture today a church culture that said you can do all of this and still have it right if you want to dabble around in that little flowing stream of religion I can tell you this your family will pay the price for your deadness and your dryness. But if you want to get in the overflowing power of God's anointing, there might be some things that you might have to clean out your refrigerator. You might have to clean out your dresser drawer. You might have to do something to get rid of some stuff out of your house. But listen, it is well worth the effort when you begin to walk in the anointing of the power of God because you see it transferred throughout your children's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, come on in one more time. Lift up your hands and just, just worship. I can't listen. If I could, I'd I'd go to every seat in this building and lay hands on you and speak the anointing in your life. But this is something that you've got to get hungry for. You've got to get thirsty. It's what David got hungry and thirsty for while he was on the backside of the desert watching his daddy's sheep. So, Father, this morning, Lord, I just released that anointing today. God, I release the hunger, the desire, and the thirst. God, I speak over men and women this morning, God, because I believe there's some Davids here today. God, I believe there's some Goliaths, some some Gideons here today, Father, that, God, you're wanting to do something in their lives. Father, I pray for a hunger and a thirst to come into their lives this morning in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. With your hands lifted up this morning, just say, Father, here I am. Here I am. Come. Come. Come and feel me today. Feel me to overflowing. Don't let me leave here like I came. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.